Patterned Sci-Fi and Gibbons, it's Pun Intensive. All right, this is the best knock-knock show. You start it. Knock-knock. Who's there? Thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, welcome to our <laughs> <laughs> welcome to Pun Intensive, folks. We have sitting around the table here several gentlemen whom we will get to know better momentarily. But let me introduce them. We Wallace. We have Wallace doesn't live here anymore. Dave Wallace. Um, <laughs> you do that one again, please. <laughs> we Wallace is what you started off. <laughs> <laughs> Wallace doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> you know, maybe I'll just keep that. Wallace doesn't live here anymore, Dave Wallace. Wondering why does Bill cry? Der score is low, Bill Kreider. Just for the Halleck of it, Gary Halleck. And he knows when you're awake, David Guggenheim Guggenheim. Two A's are better than one, Aaron Faisal, that's me. And we are going to start with... The Zinger of the Week. The Zinger of the Week. Something very clever that you came up with this week. Hopefully pun-related, because that is what this podcast is about. Let me go ahead and introduce producer emeritus of the O. Henry Punoff and recently monikered as Grandpa, Gary Halleck. I will begin by telling you about my sister-in-law, who had me over to her house to assess the condition of her water heater, uh, which was piddling all over the floor of her garage. And to, to, settle, to solve the problem, she just threw more and more towels on the floor, and it just got to be a bigger, <laughs> soggier mess. And, and I said, well, first thing we got to do is get all these towels out of here. And, and I, I moved all the towels out of the way, you know, and, and then it dried up. And she, and she says, she says uh, well, you know, maybe the towels were just causing it to wick out. And I said, oh, yeah, I read that on WikiLeaks. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and a man who's placed in the top four for eight years in a row, including one first place, Dave Wallace. So decorating the Christmas tree is always a fun event at, at uh, the Wallace household. We were putting up uh, our ornaments that we've collected over the years, and some of them are quite fragile. And one of them is quite ugly. It was also a gift from my mother-in-law. And uh, as I was putting it up, the yarn on which it was uh, strung uh, snapped, and the ornament fell and shattered on the <laughs> on the ground below, mm. thus destroying the, the ornament completely. And I told my wife, I didn't mean to do that, or I meant to do that on purpose. <laughs> uh, we also have a man of music, merriment, and mirth, Bill Kreider. Well, this week on the news, there was a story about a couple that were suing a Catholic priest because he refused to perform their wedding because the husband was Catholic and the wife was Baptist. And my wife thought that was just unreasonable of them to sue them, to sue the priest. And I said, well, you have to understand it was not a same-sex wedding. <laughs> Uh, and a top-tier graphic designer, based on my opinion alone, and also the producer of the O. Henry Punoff, David Guggenheim. I went to a meeting-slash-social gathering recently, and the snacks they were providing were bratwurst and sauerkraut. So I'm going down the line, and the guy who's serving them out of the warmed platters looked at me, and had his tongs in his hand and said, brat. I said, jerk. 
<laughs> and I went on to the uh, next station, and uh, they were scooping out the condiments. And he looks at me and says, Kraut. And I said, bigger jerk. <laughs> Racist jerk. You're supposed to be anonymous in those meetings. <laughs> it's, a, it's, a, it's a good thing you never spotted Dick. <laughs> uh, and I got one, too. All of y'all have heard it, though, because this was a uh, on a little uh, text string that we had uh, over the last couple of days. But I really liked it because it had, uh, oh, at least two or three different meanings. I said, oh, look, an aardvark. Looks like he's with his mom's sister. He's tired, too. I bet he's debating what to do now. It would be between restaurants. I should add that the pun was on restaurants. But I was... Uh, restaurants. But I w- well, here's why I love that joke. Because different people pronounce it differently. And I set it up for both. Aardvarks for ants and mom's sister for aunt. Okay, so uh, we're going to move yeah, so, on. So you're, you're going to stop your, your ranting now. You're going to rest your ants. There's a 404 page that comes with that. It's pun under construction. Sorry, pun not found. So uh, now y'all know us, and uh, hopefully we will get to know you. If you look in the show notes, you will see an email address to send us messages, questions, comments, whatever. Uh, Just don't give us any criticism because we hate that. And we are now going to leave, but we're going to come back. Bear with us just a few moments. Okay, we are back, and today we are playing a game. In fact, you know what? I'm not even going to introduce this game because Dave Wallace is actually going to be the moderator. So, Dave, I will let you explain it. Take it away. Thanks, Aaron. So, this is a really fun game that I learned during my tenure with Comedy Sports, uh, which is a uh, family-oriented improv show. Toward the end of the show, we like to play a series of what we call line games, and they're very pun-oriented, and one of them is called Hey Waiter. Hey Waiter works like this. Typically, we would have an audience volunteer join us up on stage, and we'd sit them in a chair, and the teams would divide in half, and we'd have three comedians on one side and three on the other side, and one at a time, they would come up, tap the audience volunteer on the shoulder and the audience volunteer would look up and say hey waiter there's a blank in my soup and the blank of course is a suggested a suggestion provided by the audience so for example if there were uh, they suggested cow then the audience member would say hey waiter there's a cow in my soup and then somebody would come up with some sort of joke based off of that such as oh what an utter disgrace See, that's that's pretty much how it goes. And so, you know, we'll just get a, a suggestion to get the guys here going and see how many we can come up with on Hey Waiter. So just off the top of my head, let's go with shoes. All right. Shoes. So, Hey Waiter, there's a shoe in my soup. Well, you did order tongue soup. Very nice. Hey Waiter, there's a shoe in my soup. Well, it must have been uh, chicken soup because I hear it has healing powers. <laughs> Ouch. Hey, waiter, there's a, there's a shoe in my soup. Uh, you know, I got to say, it's chicken soup for the soul. Nice. <laughs> hey, waiter, there's a shoe in my soup. Uh, I'm sorry, but I'm all tapped out. Ha! Tapped out. Capizzi. Oh, that was good. Uh, hey, waiter, there's a shoe in my soup. Don't be such a heel about it. Heel. Hey, waiter, there's a shoe in my soup. Well, you said you want it to be laced with herbs and spices. Exactly. Hey, waiter, there's a shoe in my soup. Well, it didn't leave room for a loafer, too. 
Hey, where does your shoe in my soup? Uh, well, I'm sorry. Velcro, find you another one. Velcro. What year is this joke? <laughs> I was, it, was la- it was laced with something. <laughs> hey, where does a shoe in my soup? Oh, look, and also it has Nikes. <laughs> hey, where does a shoe in my soup? That's not possible. Today's special is boots. <laughs> <laughs> Are we talking about the Venn diagram of footwear here? <laughs> hey, where does a shoe in my soup? I'll take it to go if you Reebok it. <laughs> hey, waiter, there's a shoe in my soup. Well, why don't you stiletto me get you another bowl? Nice. And hey, waiter, there's a shoe in my soup. Don't run on about it. Hey, waiter, there's a shoe in my soup. Yeah, that's why we hike the prices. Nice. And we can get another topic. Sure. Wait a minute. Oh, yeah, yeah, you had, you I had just more? Googled shoe names. <laughs> I'm, re- I'm ready to go. Oh, my God. That's no. awesome. What, are you going to flip-flop on me now or what? <laughs> awesome. Calm down. This is just an espadrille. The ladies are going to love that one. Okay. Trust me. <laughs> I'm sorry. That was really Bruno Mogli. You must be proud of that joke. <laughs> that really pumped me up. See, and <laughs> that's how the joke should be played in this house. Hey, what's up, Doc Martin? <laughs> you know there are only two ingredients in that soup, Burke and Stock. <laughs> and David wins. Yay! <laughs> New topic. Awesome. Uh, Next topic, let's go with breakfast foods. In your soup. <laughs> I know, it's weird. I ordered soup and I got breakfast foods. <laughs> I'm sorry, I've just ended my shift. Cheerio. I made a frittata for breakfast. It's what I was baking. Oh, man, don't make me biscuit you. <laughs> How waffle. Let me get you another one. I'm letting you do that. Well, what do you expect? We've been baking it all morning. Watch the chefs as they scramble to fix a new one for you. <laughs> Everybody here likes spam a lot. Everyone likes omelette. Got to forgive the chefs. They're toasted. <laughs> hey, waiter, there's breakfast in my soup. <laughs> oh, here, here comes that judge from the OJ trial. <laughs> <laughs> He's looking at me really cold. Burrito. <laughs> <laughs> Two breakfast foods in one. I like it. Uh, I'm sorry. We, we forgot, to, forgot to thaw that one out. <laughs> Let me let me go melt a meal. <laughs> well, you've got one heck of an ego on you. Oh yeah. Well, there's muffin my soup. <laughs> oh wait, 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 wait. wait. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's not breakfast food. That's hauling oats. Wow. Well, well I'm not gonna do nothing. Donut. <laughs> Quit your whining or kiss my grits. <laughs> that joke needs more flow. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to cut that out, but now. <laughs> Stow it, Alice. <laughs> this joke is so surreal. Well, I thought I saw Sage. <laughs> oh, I spilled the soup in my lap. Now I have grape nuts. I don't mind that mush. 
Go back to maybe, breakfast college. Maybe, I know the Jimmy Dean there. <laughs> maybe you should consume a little more. Who has consume for their breakfast? <laughs> I soup. thought that breakfast in my soup was muesli, but it's not. Nice. <laughs> well, that's really gravy, man. <laughs> Hey, waiter, there's breakfast in my soup. <laughs> well, I hope you get a different waiter nice. then. Nice. <laughs> That's a well-rounded meal. It'll make you an oval teen. <laughs> That's very good. Waiter, there's breakfast in my soup. <laughs> no, it's oh, not. Oh, I guess I'd better scramble and find you some other <laughs> soup. <laughs> I can't understand. The chef used the bisque kit. Uh, hey, waiter, there's <laughs> breakfast in my soup. <laughs> And oh. that soup is hot enough to kill logs. I can't, I can't remember how many times this has happened to me. How many? You have some awful breakfasts. Oh, my gosh. Hey, David, I'll fix that pun in post. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> that was generic. <laughs> That's a 30-year-old joke. <laughs> I see the, the chef's up to his old tricks. I'm afraid the uh, cook has traded wheat for some other uh, some other substance. Shredded wheat. Traded wheat. Going <laughs> <laughs> that joke was a little wheat. Oh, that was awesome. Waiter, there's breakfast in my soup. That's a Mexican breakfast, and we'll taco to the limit. Okay. Actually, there's milk in your soup. Milk. It's what's for breakfast. I'm- I'm sorry, that one doesn't count, Chuck. You'll get another one. <laughs> uh, 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 hold on just a minute. Let me consult with my co-owner, also my wife. Honey, come over here. Oh, wow. <laughs> Those of us who are over 60, we eat honeys. Uh, oh, I'm terribly sorry. Let me get you a free beverage. Would you like some wheat teas? And now I am full. So let's take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to find out if it is a pun. And we're back asking the question that we always do. Is it a pun? I'm going to actually hand this over to Bill, who had some thoughts about that. One of my longtime thoughts about puns is that puns are a form of pattern recognition. And humans excel at pattern recognition. We see patterns in everything. When we look up at the sky and see clouds, we can't help but see patterns in them. When we look at the fronts and backs of cars, we see faces on the cars. We see patterns in everything, and this is a, a very advanced skill. And we see patterns also in words. We see patterns in the sounds of words, in the construction of words, but we see abstract patterns in the meanings of words. And when you take puns, the definition of puns usually is based around the sound of a word, words that sound like other words. But what makes a pun really great is when it's not only the sound but also the meaning of the word that has a connotation to the meaning of the other word, and you can mix them together. And this is what makes a great punster great rather than an average punster. Not just taking the sound of the word and just kind of taking homonyms and making them in a different context, but taking the concepts and mixing them together. And when you can get two or three levels, it makes a pun funnier, 
it makes it more memorable, and it's more of an intellectual exercise. Get some good examples of that. For example, let's take a, an advertising pun. How often have you seen or heard of a restaurant or a coffee house called Central Perk? Weren't you saying uh, something about advertising a little bit earlier during the break? Well, it's it's interesting to me that uh, puns tend to be the social pariah of the humor universe. However, when you think about advertising in general, puns are used quite frequently. Mm-hmm. And not only just your verbal puns, but also there's some visual puns that are really appealing and really profound. Uh, one that sticks out in my mind was uh, a poster board that I saw uh, for breast cancer, and it was the words breast cancer, but you had two fingers covering the R and the S in breast, and it was beat cancer. So it was, you know, tip, generally, uh, uh, I don't know, uh, you could that's probably a, call a, it a That's pun. a combination of a, of a visual and a, a written pun. That's a pretty sophisticated, yeah, if you're going to call that a pun, yeah. it's really sophisticated, yeah. So you take this pattern recognition, and it can be with the sounds of the words, which we normally tie puns in with. And it also, one of the things that makes things funny, like we talked about last week, is the unexpected. And when you have a pattern happening, you normally expect, for example, even in a sentence, you have a cadence of words, you have a series of words, and we're thinking ahead. Anytime we're listening to or reading a sentence, we're thinking ahead of what's going to come in the sentence. And when what comes is not what we expected, it doesn't come the way we expected, that's what makes the humor in a pun. This makes me think of a discussion we had in an earlier episode in regard to David Guggenheim's use of the pun, the good, the bad, and the punny on the t-shirt, and how Gary disagreed that that was a pun. But based on what you're saying, you know, because David was saying that is a pattern, yeah, and, right? it, and it's, it, it takes you by surprise because you've said good, bad, and what is the third thing in this list? And and so you're expecting something, but but when it's a substitute a substitute for a similar word, it obliquely qualifies as a pun. But I, uh, technically, I think it's a very very weak pun, if at all. But if it, but if it's a pattern, that's that's a really yeah. good example of the yeah. pattern being the pun. Yeah, back back to business names and, and advertising. Uh, I was thinking the other day. There's a store here in Austin, and I don't know if it's fr- a nationwide franchise or not. But but lights fantastic. Mm. It's a you know a, a light fixture store. Trip to lights been, fantastic. It's been, it's been around mm. for so so long that I never even gave a thought to the fact <laughs> that it was a pun. It's just you know, lights fantastic, and I think they even use an exclamation point in the name of the thing. But it is a, a reference to tripping the light fantastic, and we kind of become. Immune to the punning aspect of that, just like um, Gwizdowski was saying the other day, one of the best known puns of all time, one of the best exploited puns of all time, is the is the name of the band, the Beatles, B E A T L E S. It's it's a pun right there in your face, but we all got over it so long ago. Well, I, I, that you I, don't even think about it. I being had a pun. no idea it was a pun until I was maybe a teenager. My wife actually pointed out to me recently that <clears throat> Direct TV is a pun because obviously it's the name of the company but it tells you you can direct tv Mm. Mm. you are the director yeah Yeah. so i was notice also the way it's spelled yeah one t so yeah Yeah. 
mm. over overlapping because or, it's or not it's, nice to tease. It's a portmanteau, it's a portmanteau <laughs> basically. But well, there you have it. I mean, when you have the pun that exists on that many levels, it makes it that much more powerful and thus that much more memorable. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, and it also reinforces the pattern. Once again, we started with the pattern recognition. So you're seeing patterns in the sounds, you're seeing patterns in the letters and the words, but you're also seeing patterns in the concept. To your point, um, yeah, there are definitely those that kind of get up there and just kind of wing it, but then there are your more effete punsters who are, they appreciate the language more, uh, and they have a stronger lexicon and a deeper understanding of grammar and context that it just makes them that much more powerful when it comes to just creating puns. And some of them may create it purely on a linguistic level. And, and that's a step above the ones that I'm referring to as mimics. But then there's something that my wife refers to as a, a, a mental disorder, which is being kind of caught up in, I, I think David earlier refers to it, to it as being something on the autistic scale, maybe that maybe some of us in this room, myself included, may suffer from, which is just a, a predilection for seeing this not only word and sound pattern, but the conceptual patterns that fit together with the words or the sounds. You see on science fiction movies and things, you see these things nowadays where people are thinking and you're seeing all these uh, special effects of sights and sounds going through their minds and traveling around and sometimes that's what I feel like it is in my brain. Things are popping in and out and sometimes my wife goes, how do you, how do you think of these things and why do you think of them? And I, I have to tell her it's just the way my brain works. It's the way it's wired. The how, can you, how can you not? Right? <laughs> right. Right. Which I'm sure that an awful lot of our listeners can relate to. Because we love puns as much as we do, we love to make games of it, and that includes the Pun Slingers game, a game that is done every year at the O. Henry Pun-Off. Incidentally, the next O. Henry Pun-Off is May 11th, 2019, and we will get to that when we come back. All right, thanks for hanging on. Uh, we are back. We are going to start with our pun slingers game. This week, what I would like to do is play this on teams. One team is going to be Bill Kreider and David Guggenheim, and the other team will be Gary Halleck and Dave Wallace. The category is science fiction. Well, we'll make this play Spock and Span. <laughs> To make a uh, supernova disappear would be a Star Trek. So the pig farmer had uh, had too many pigs of the same gender. So in one of the pens, he had to put two sows in one. <laughs> well <laughs> Trouble was, he had, a, he had a space problem, you know, a space idiocy. Oh, I'd see. Yeah, when he wrote uh, 2001 and Space Odyssey, it was uh, an absolute homer. <laughs> I don't know if that's sci-fi, but uh, <laughs> I dig it. <laughs> well, you know what they say. It's six, six of one and alpha of another. God, a dozen geez. of another. <laughs> you ready, you're ready for dinner? You want to go home and eat tea? <laughs> Luke Skywalker asked Han Solo, did the Princess Leia? 
Ladies and gentlemen, our host, Aaron Fazer. <laughs> Set Fazel's for stun. <laughs> I'm a big SF fan, and I'm drawing blanks here. Oh, he's, he's making a dramatic pause. It's Andromeda-straining. Oh, I, I was thinking it was the ender of the game. Whose team are you on, Aaron? Sorry. <laughs> As I'm off my game a little bit, I'll go ahead and defer to uh, the next guy. Oh, wow. Are you just going to do Star Wars all day? So, I just <laughs> it was Isaac Asimov. <laughs> well, I thought you said Mothra. I said Asimov. He's working his oh, Asimov here. <laughs> He's working his Asimov, and you weren't even paid attention. And I haven't said a Star Wars pun yet. Yes, no. Well, I I'm thought you were talking about Mothra. Ma- Ma- okay, okay, never mind. Go on. <laughs> uh, it there, is. There were aliens that had their noses on the side of their head and their ears on the front, but they went extinct, and it was sad when the last frontier died. I know I felt the Ripley's across the universe. Ellen Ripley from Aliens. Okay, gotcha. All right. <laughs> Once again, here's a pamphlet. I've been to Ellen back, yeah. It's kind of hard to do this the first time you try to pun on science fiction, unless, of course, you're Wookiee of the Year. <laughs> nice. <laughs> if you can't explain it to your nephews, then tell it telekinesis Jesus <laughs> I was going to pack up all of my camels and go on a caravan but the load was too heavy for him I had an andromedary strain <laughs> nice you're gonna go, if you're going to go on a trip make sure that you plan it well what did the pirate say to the late night TV show host Har Conan <laughs> I was going to make some Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy puns I realized I've got a trillion of them That'll get you in trouble. <laughs> yeah, yeah I'm, I could find a doctor who could prescribe you a, a medicine for that. I remember the time that the Star Wars gang broke into a church and had a fight, and all you could hear was pew, pew, pew. <laughs> well, but nobody won. It was a tie fighter. That felt a little forced. <laughs> I, I think Aaron's very enterprising for starting up this podcast. Definitely. Yoda man. <laughs> When I was a young father and I was rinsing out diapers in the kitchen sink, but I was standing too close and I've got a, a big mess on the front of my shirt, you know, and I realized, oh God, I've just had a close sink counter of the turd kind. <laughs> close sink counter, turd. That's a triple. Congratulations. Then there was the young man who couldn't get any dates, so he had to take care of his needs, Han Solo. You know, I find my my propensity to say Star Wars puns so overpowers me sometimes. I got a Chewbacca, a few of them. Some people said, you know, they're not really that much of a Star Wars fan. And I said, Obi-Wan. I like my sci-fi on TV. So that, is, that, is, that, is that really so horrible? <laughs> An excellent show, that by show, the way. Actually, it's yeah. a really good show, yeah. <laughs> I dropped my computer the other day, and it was missing two case. Sorry. I dropped my computer the other day, and I dropped my computer the other day. I swear I'll get this. Take two. <laughs> Take two. <laughs> Eventually. Call me in the morning. Eventually. Eventually. Call me in the morning. <laughs> Eventually, this, this joke will cling on This you. better be hilarious. Uh, I dropped my computer the other day. And two keys fell off. I lost N and space. <laughs> lost in space. 
Wow. Thank you, Bill. <laughs> that, uh, that was beautiful. It was. <laughs> that's, that's better than the one that I heard in this face bar. The other day I tripped and fell, and now I'm kind of sore on the knees. Ooh. Yeah, it's uh, that's sci-fi. Do you want to have a discussion fantasy. about f- sci-fi and fantasy? <laughs> oh, that's that's a that's a worthy conversation. I, uh, right. I and I vehemently disagree with they're well, doing that. So do I. Yes, so do I. <laughs> no, yeah, yeah. <laughs> God, we're such nerds. Okay, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go for the obscure one here. the The soldier died when he stepped on an enemy mine. Nice. I remember that quite vividly with uh-huh, uh-huh, uh, Quaid. Yeah, Dennis well, Quaid. Quaid, well Quaid. Dennis Quaid and an unrecognizable Lewis Gossett Jr. <laughs> uh-huh. Yes, oh. but the book was far better. You know, after... Uh, the book was far better. I didn't know that was a book. After being oh, book declassified as a planet, they put Pluto on eBay, and they suddenly realized there's no room for bidding planet. <laughs> Now, you can watch two people urinate, but if you see three P, oh, my God, it's a terrible thing. <laughs> if you break two tuxedo cookies in half and then take one half from each cookie and put them together, it's a black hole. Oh, the black hole. Walt Disney. Nice. I get it. <laughs> can we return to the conversation <laughs> ab- about investments? I want to get back to the futures. <laughs> Oh, you you want to see if you can get even horizon? <laughs> I had a pun on on Back to the Future, but I'm not sure it would McFly. At the hospital, there was a male <laughs> who was all twisted, but the doctors were able to fix. The illustrated man. It's so funny watching you kind of formulate your pun. <laughs> it's something that we all do. We try our best to avoid using a word that's actually in the punchline. So we're just struggling to find synonyms. And it's like, I, what? How do I formulate this one without giving away the ghost? And that's and that's why that's why uh, there's uh, there's turtles and tortoises and yeah. frogs mm-hmm. and toads. And, you know, synonyms. So you're saying that, that punsters are mainly responsible for the complexity of the English language. That's right. Awesome. And speaking of speaking <laughs> of frogs, the English, speaking English of, language is responsible for the advent of punsters. There you go. Speaking of frogs, I was trying to remember one, but I don't have total recall. Oh, nice. <laughs> and all this time, right I thought uh, uh, whenever people had like a whole second set of separate passport and a separate driver's license and everything that they used, you know, like when they went out on the town and picked up ladies of the night and stuff, that that, that separate identity they used was their synonym. <laughs> I got that one. Where are we wandering off topic? Oh, that time that I was trying to bake a turkey and then Jean-Claude Van Damme busts in because I used the wrong spice, thinking he was some sort of time cop. <laughs> 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 I can't yeah. tell if I yeah. like that or I'm, not. <laughs> I'm, not sure, I'm not sure which which part of the force he was with. It's, it was sort of an undeterminator, wasn't he? <laughs> Are we doing yet? <laughs> you know what? Uh, did y'all did y'all see that movie about the uh, uh, Jamaican who won a lot of gold in the Olympics? You remember Braid Runner? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He was later upbraided, though. Well, Paul Atreides couldn't see it in his later life because he developed a Quitzak cataract. 
I get it. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I see what you're doing there. Thus spake Therathustra. <laughs> <laughs> and with that, we are going to take a break. Brace yourself, though, because you are going to get some very, very good advice from these gentlemen involving charities. So we will see you on the other side. So, thanks thanks for coming back. Uh, unfortunately, we have to go. But first, we want to really quickly plug a handful of things, including facebook.com slash punintensive and facebook.com slash puny page. How do you spell that? P-U-N-Y-P-A-G-E, after the slash. Good. And what is that uh, annual contest that you produce every year, David? Well, there's two of them. There's the O'Henry Museum Pun-Off. It will be on May 11th, the Saturday before Mother's Day. If you want to enter, go to uh, punoff.com on April 1st. Easy date to remember. Put your name in. If we have more than 32 people in each contest that want in, we resort to a lottery system. There's almost always more than 32 people that want in. And in a few episodes, hence, we will be giving the most more specific details on how to do that. So if you're coming in on this late, but it is not yet April 1st, we urge you to go to the website today. You said you produce two things. The other one is the Verbal Equinox. It's the pun-off between the pun-offs. So it's about six months after? It's uh, approximately six months after and six months before. And that takes place in mid-November. The uh, 2019 location and exact date are to be announced, but hopefully we will have that information for you in time for the O'Henry Punoff on May 11th. And I'm going to give a really shameless plug here. Since it's the time that people in Austin start signing their kids up for summer camps, if you happen to be one of those people, I work with, run, own a summer camp known as Fantastic Magic Camp, where we teach kids magic, juggling, and puppetry. They fill up real fast, might even be already filled up. So go to magiccamp.com. Incidentally, the guy who does the most work there uh, is almost certainly going to be a guest on this show soon. He's a great punster. Uh, Anybody else have something to plug? Hey, is Pun Intensive on Facebook? I, I said, I already said that. Oh, I'm sorry. I wasn't listening. <laughs> Used. <laughs> I didn't realize that puppets were on trees. That's, that, that's a new one for me. Yeah. Oh, gotcha. Uh, <laughs> I love the blank look that Aaron gives. <laughs> Got it. Right. That's that's how I roll. <laughs> it's like a waiter taking a complex order. <laughs> Got it. So I'm. I'm <laughs> I have no doubt you guys can't wait for this episode to end, but we are going to leave you with one more thing. We are going to give you advice. Since you're probably, hopefully, doing your taxes now, you're almost certainly thinking about charities, and we're going to get some advice from the panel in that regard. We're going to start with Dave Wallace. Oh, yes. I always, every year, give to um, the charity that is called Audio Signals Alliance. I give to It Hurts. <laughs> And David Guggenheim. I misunderstood the first time you said that. I guess it was one of those puns you hear that actually wasn't made. I thought you said we were going to discuss Cherokees. And then, of course, I started thinking about the Beatles. 
and they get Hiawatha little help from my friends. <laughs> and Bill Kreider. Mine isn't a pun, but I just want to encourage everyone to consider giving to your local food bank. The local food banks keep everything local, uh, and by giving locally, your gifts help your local community. And also, besides just giving to your local food bank, let me encourage you to volunteer at your local food bank. It's a very rewarding experience, and you get to actually see the people that you're helping. I do want to encourage you to give, and no pun, give till it hurts. And Gary Halleck. I wrote up a promotion for a very strange charity. They're trying to raise money to, su- to support the, the great uh, ape at the zoo. So I, I wrote up this one, uh, don't give all the money to your primate, donate to our great ape. It's the gift that keeps on giving. <laughs> well done. And you might get some silver back. Uh, and, I'm, <laughs> and I'm Aaron Faisal, and I'm signing off with a catchphrase, so we'll see you next week. So question, if you volunteer to help the apes, are you doing it pro bonobo?